Wednesday, April 15th, 2020, Black Wednesday, you're fired. One of the darkest days in WWE's history when they chose to fire dozens of talented individuals during unprecedented times. I will delve into every individual release and give my thoughts as well as rumors on who's going where or not going. I gotta tell you, AEW finna get just a little bit bigger before the year's over, y'all. Plus, I got some wrestling news including two WWE stars going at it on Twitter. Plus... Does Vince McMahon give zero fucks at this point? A wrestling insider seems to think after a bizarre appearance on SmackDown for Triple H's 25th year anniversary in the business. I'll get into that and much more on the Highlight Reel. Now before I even flap my gums about anything today, I first want to say, rest in peace, Howard Finkel. The greatest pro wrestling ring announcer in history, easily, easily, And, and he's up there with ring announcers in general for all sports, you know, that require a ring announcer. He's up there with Michael Buffer, in my opinion. You know, he's he's like Michael Buffer where you just hear that voice and you know exactly who it is. You don't even need to Google search. You know, he, he may not have ever had a catchy tagline like a let's get ready to rumble or, or anything like that. But the man's voice and the passion that you heard in his voice, his, his overemphasis on wrestlers names and, and match types and everything, making the matches feel that much more important. It's legendary, man. It's legendary. You know, wrestling fans, we don't put a lot of stock in referees or ring announcers or any other other non-wrestling talents that much. I know we do give, you know, the commentators their dues from time to time, of course, you know, Jim Ross and whatnot. But ring announcers themselves, in actuality, they have one of the most important jobs of them all, yo. It's their job to literally set the tone for everything you are about to watch. They hype you up. They must hype you up. They must get you excited, get you ready for the event. Just imagine WrestleMania being introduced to you by by Steve Urkel. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Someone like that. Like, welcome to WrestleMania. Would you get hyped for that? (laughs) I'm just saying. Howard Finkel is a Hall of Famer. 
He's Vince McMahon's very first employee that he ever signed. That's how much faith he had in him. That's how good he was. Vince McMahon hired Howard Finkel first before even hiring actual wrestlers. Let that sink in for a minute. You guys truly just don't know how good this man was. We lost a true legend in the world of professional wrestling. R.I.P. baby. And his memory will live on. Howard Finkel. Welcome to THR y'all. Coronavirus pandemic still in full effect. Although it does seem to be dying down a wee bit. I mean at least for me personally I've been seeing more cars on the road lately. You know what I'm saying? More people out and about. Certain states are beginning to open back up for business. I know Florida. Uh, Florida's like a whole country on its own, really. But <laughs> but uh, Florida beaches have been open. Um, we've seen swarms of people there. The state of Texas is finna open up. Shout outs to my Theo. I gotta tell you, man. You know, if, there, if there's anything I'm gonna miss about this coronavirus garbage when it's finally over... I'm going to miss the lack of traffic on the road, man. Here in Cali, traffic is a major problem, but it's been smooth sailing ever since COVID-19. I got to admit it. It's been smooth sailing, man. I'll be driving. Ain't nobody on the road. Empty. You know, but lately I've, I've actually been getting stuck in traffic again. I'm like, oh, man. I guess Corona garbage is dying. Oh, well. Back to business as usual. But that's a good thing, obviously. I mean, I, I'd rather be stuck in traffic than be stuck at home washing my ass 50 times a day and <laughs> not having toilet paper because everyone's buying all the shit up. Going out, out, going outside with face masks and latex gloves, not being able to eat my food inside the restaurant and enjoy myself, not being able to go for a few drinks at a trashy dive bar. You know, good times, man. Good times. But uh, it's a good thing that things are seemingly getting back to normal it would appear but let's get to the wrestling news of the hour baby i'm gonna break down all the releases as well as vince mcmahon's bizarro world his bizarre behavior and two wwe superstars getting into it on twitter all this and more after a quick break Zelina Vega and Drew McIntyre, the real man, no Becky Lynch. They've been taking shots at each other on Twitter. <laughs> of course, this is in correspondence to Drew pretty much bearing Zelina's stable uh, last week. You know, Garza Jr. and Andrade, they deserve so much better than this, by the way, man. It's two super talented individuals, especially Garza. That guy, he has a license to print money. He's going places if WWE cooperates. We'll have to wait and see. But it all started when Drew McIntyre posted a video on Twitter of him knocking out all three of Zelina's boys in a Roman Reigns-like suicide dive. Um, you know, he said, I can do it all. 
And Zelina Vega would reply, yeah, and yell at a rich and beautiful, innocent young woman. Shame, shame. Drew then hilariously replied, can I just make it one day without you bothering me? Zelina's final reply was, but I thought you liked me, Drew. Real sarcastically, you know. Now, <laughs> the reason I'm even reporting on this obvious work and sensationalism is because I'm looking at the bigger picture here. See, for those of you who may not know, Zelina Vega is married to one Alistair Black in real life. Now, if this little spat can somehow, some way, lead to Alistair Black versus Drew McIntyre for the title, you already know what I'm about to say. Take my money and take it now. Go ahead and overdraft my bank account. Just do it. That could be a WrestleMania caliber matchup, man. Alistair Black, Drew McIntyre. With proper build, this could be one of the all-time great feuds, baby. They got the styles. Styles make fights in boxing, right? It's the same thing in wrestling. Styles make the matches. These guys would tear the freaking house down. But it's unlikely, you know? WWE, they, they tend to avoid common sense, <laughs> common logic. They tend to avoid that and just try to throw at you what they want. You know, it's not about what we want. They say it is, but it really isn't if you think about it. And WWE will most likely book Drew to drop the title back to Brock Lesnar at some point. If anything, I mean, but one can dream. One can only dream. Vince McMahon cut a very bizarre promo on the last episode of SmackDown, you know. This was uh, Triple H's 25th anniversary of being in wrestling, and you know. Um, which, wow, by the way, 25 years in the wrestling business, good lord. Um, Vince McMahon was going all over the place, you know. His, his speech to Triple H, at one point he acknowledged Triple H's robust career, but then took shots at him, real kind of sarcastic, you know, getting smart. Roasted him a little bit, then got serious about how much he loves him. Kind of emotional, even. Vin Vince has a lot of passion, man. I could tell you right now, he's got a lot of. Uh, he's he's an emotional guy. He's got that rough and tough exterior, but he's 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 a big baby. I think he started crying, sort of. You know, he kind of got choked up when he told Triple H that he loved him. Um, he even name dropped Bailey and her infamous "This Is Your Life" segment, pretty much acknowledging that it was an epic fail. But he did say that Bailey is definitely not to be blamed. I mean, it was it was different, you know. It, it was different in a word. This promo. I myself haven't really been watching neither Raw or SmackDown or AEW Dynamite for that matter. Uh, but I did watch the video clip of Vince's tirade on SmackDown. And um, the only thing that comes to my mind is the man's getting old, man. You know, Vince is getting old. I really don't see a need for him to be making appearances on WWE TV anymore, to be quite honest. As much as I love the guy, I love his character, I really do. It's iconic, you know, his walk, his little strut to the ring, and his voice, and real gnarly. But even on a once in a, in a long while rare appearance type of basis, I still don't think Vince should be coming on WWE TV anymore. Now apparently, uh, a quote-unquote WWE insider has revealed that Vince's odd demeanor on SmackDown is actually exactly how he's been acting in real life lately for the past couple of weeks. You know, um, it seems with COVID-19, 
and shutting down all live events and the XFL closing up shop and, and real weird WrestleMania, it's finally rendered a Vinnie Mac that truly gives zero fucks. He's out of it, man. <laughs> Can you blame him? It's a tumultuous, unprecedented time, and I can only imagine the level of stress, pressure, and anxiety he must have with all the responsibility. I mean, call me what you will, man. Call me what you will, but I am legitimately concerned over Vince McMahon's overall health, both mentally and physically. As much shit as we give Vince McMahon and his questionable decisions... He is the greatest heel authority figure of all time. He revolutionized the business, whether you love him or hate him. And when the day comes that Vince McMahon finally reaches that finish line in life, it's going to be a very, very sad time. Let's, let's go ahead and get into... Black Wednesday, man. One of the darkest days in WWE history. One of the darkest weeks in WWE history, really. I mean, Black Wednesday in full effect. And then Howard Finkel passing away not not, not long after. So, these this is the list of people that were released, man. That lost their jobs. We got Zack Ryder. Kurt Angle. Greatest of all time. One of the greatest of all time. Rusev. Drake Maverick. Carl Anderson. Luke Gallows. EC3. Leo Rush. Kurt Hawkins, Eric Young, Heath Slater, Aiden English, Sarah Logan, veteran referee Mike Chioda, Rowan, Primo and Epico, Mike and Maria Canales, No Way Jose, Alexander Jackson, Diana Puro, aka Chris Hero. That's the list, and these are all very talented individuals. Um, now, it's been confirmed that a lot of these releases, however, were furloughs. Which basically means, that's the first time I ever heard that word before, by the way, furloughs. But this basically means it's a temporary release. And that a lot of these talents will eventually be brought back. It's just, you know, obviously we're living in unprecedented times right now. WWE's trying to cut costs. Um, you know, it's, it's a business model that they got to uh, abide by. And obviously I, I cannot confirm which of these talents will be brought back. But I have a hunch someone like a, say, Kurt Angle, for one will most certainly be brought back. I would imagine, at least as an agent or producer, I know he's retired from the ring and all, but I mean, I mean, at the very least, he's he's Kurt freaking Angle, man. You know, like I said, he's, he's an all-time great, easily. Uh, probably the best athlete to ever transition into wrestling without any prior knowledge. You see Kurt Angle work, you would think he's... He grew up in pro wrestling. And you would you would think he came from a, a, a heart family type of dynasty, you know, the way he works. And he's one of my all-time faves. But um I think I think he's one of those furloughs. I, I really do. I think Kurt Angle will most likely be brought back, if not as a producer or agent or maybe even an on-screen character again, like a GM perhaps. I doubt that one, but hey, it's Kurt Angle, man. I, I don't think he's gonna be gone for long. But I could be wrong. But on the flip side, it ain't all doom and gloom, man. For, for some of these, it's actually a blessing in disguise that they were released. I mean, I know it sucks to lose your job, especially in these times. I know that just as well as anybody. I've been there. You know, I, I've lost plenty of jobs in my lifetime, man. Some that I actually really like, too. Um, of course, it's even worse, like I said, to lose one's job during a global crisis that we're living in right now, you know. 
But I think these talents will be just fine. I'm going to run down some of the blessings here in disguise. And, and overall, I'm going to dissect this list of released talents. Let's get it started, man. Rusev Day. Do I even need to say it? <laughs> the dude got cooked on national TV with his real-life wife being booked as Big Bobby Lashley Sancha. And embarrassing herself, and even more so embarrassing Rusev on Monday Night Raw with a very anticlimactic ending to the storyline with the big swerve. You know, Liv Morgan coming out being Lana's long-lost lesbian lover. <laughs> Can't make this shit up. Um, which they inevitably scrapped completely. I mean, it's, we, we, it's like they completely forgot about that little detail and haven't even explored that beyond a few terrible matches between said Lana and Liv Morgan. But... Where did all this leave Rusev? I'll tell you where it left him. It left him dead in the water. Rusev Day turned into the long night. No Game of Thrones. And this is a very talented and likable cat, man, who can definitely make a big name for himself in either AEW or Japan. I can totally see Rusev tearing it up with the likes of Chris Jericho, Adam Page, or Kenny Omega down in AEW. But of course... And I need to emphasize this strongly here. AEW cannot and will not sign every single one of these talents. Though I do believe there, there's some on this list who they most certainly should definitely pick up if they can. And I'll get to them with this second pick here. Diana Purrazzo. This, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the picks that I think AEW should absolutely positively nab if they can. 110%. You know, AEW's weakest strength is very clearly their women's division. And to have a talented and gorgeous, charismatic diva like Purrazzo on their women's roster, man, she would take it to the top, baby. This would fuel their mediocre women's roster like never before. But she isn't enough now because they need more female talents on par with her to be able to catapult the women's division. You know, because I, you know, when I, when I think of Diana Purrazzo in AEW, I'm trying to think who would be a good opponent for her though. And honestly, there's there's really nobody on her league, on her level in AEW. That That's how mediocre AEW's women's roster is. You know, I, I really don't. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I could see Deanna Purrazzo mix it up with, uh, I guess, Britt Baker. If she gets any better in the ring. I mean, certainly they could have a mic duel. That would be entertaining, you know. Deanna Purrazzo and... Uh, Britt Baker cutting promos, but in the ring, you know, Diana Purrazzo is light years, light years ahead of <laughs> Britt Baker. She's past the Andromeda Star system where uh, uh, Chris Statlander came from. You know what I mean? She's so talented in the ring, y'all. You just don't know. Um, Diana Purrazzo herself has been wanting her release from WWE for a while now, anyway. She wasn't doing much on NXT and was brought to Raw to job out a couple times to to some women. I don't even remember. I, I know, I think Asuka was one of them. And she jobbed to Asuka and, and uh, maybe Charlotte Flair. I don't know. She jobbed to somebody else besides Asuka. I don't even remember who. But that just says it all. You know, so this is clearly a, a, a blessing in disguise for Deanna Purrazzo. Come on, she has a bright future. She could go. She could go anywhere and tear the house down. You know, WWE clearly didn't value her. And she realized that. And so she got what she wanted. She's out, she's out of the E, baby. And she's going places. The tag teams, Bullet Club and The Revival. 
these two teams you want to you want to talk about underutilized underappreciated is one of the best tag teams on the planet bar none they got that old school aesthetic and style they can tear the house down with the bucks with the lucha bros with scu the sky's the limit it writes itself you know, I don't even need to run this down. It's a no-brainer. The revival to AEW is a no-brainer. I mean, AEW's tag division is already the best in the United States. Possibly the world. I don't watch too much Japanese stuff, but... With any of these teams, they would solidify that. Now, Bullet Club, Carl Anderson, Lou Gallows. I've never been a big fan of their work. But then again, I haven't really truly seen what they can do. Because WWE never booked them to really show their craft. But perhaps I can end up being a big BC mark if they make that jump to AEW and shine bright. But again, I want to say this again. AEW cannot and will not sign everybody, y'all. <laughs> they can't do it. That's just poor business. You can't do that. But I, I would personally, I would rather see the revival in AEW over the Bullet Club. Look, man, the Bullet Club, they have a home in Japan, man. That's where they really made their name and their value go up astronomically. Which there again is why I say this is a blessing in disguise. Bullet Club will always have a home in Japan. And as for the revival, they are now easily the hottest tag team free agents in the world today. The sky's the limit. Once this corona garbage is over, it's on and popping for the revival. Leo Rush. Man, this guy... Leo Rush is one of those wrestlers you hear about who is super, super talented in the ring. But behind the scenes, you hear stories of him not necessarily being the most likable guy in the locker room, you know? He's gotten himself into hot water, you know, over social media hijinks, trolling certain people, and kind of making an ass out of himself. So with him, I, I want to say it's a blessing in disguise just because of the kind of talent that he is. You would think this guy is guaranteed a job anywhere. However, because of his attitude and his prior troubles, it's kind of 50-50. I, I just don't know if an AEW-type level would want to work with this guy. But man, I, I will say I'm salivating at the idea of Leo Rush, Darby Allen, Leo Rush, Sammy Guevara. They would tear the damn house down and rebuild it again tenfold. That's how talented Leo is. Some of y'all probably don't even realize it because of his WWE run. You know, he was the mouthpiece for Bobby Lashley at one point, which looking back in retrospect, that was random as all hell, really. I mean, really, why was Leo Rush made Bobby Lashley's mouthpiece? Is there a story behind that? Anybody listening, y'all could, you know, message me, um, you know, hit me up, Lalo underscore THR on the gram and Twitter. Um, what was the story behind that? But, um... This kid can go. Believe me, this kid can go, man. EC3 is another one. Now, you know, I know EC3 had a renaissance in TNA. I never seen it, but I heard about it. So I don't really know what this kid can do. But from what I've heard, he's very talented on the microphone. You know what I mean? Um, He was going nowhere fast in WWE, man. Just standing around looking pretty. And I'm told he's one of the most charismatic talkers in the business. I mean, he's up there. He's up there on the mic. You know, I, I don't know about his in-ring work, but I've been told this, this dude could go on the microphone. And yet WWE booked him to 
just stand around and not say anything. Does that make any sense? Absolutely not. But hey, that's WWE for you. Only time will tell what happens with EC3, but I think he still has time to carve out a good run somewhere, anywhere, anywhere but WWE most certainly. Hawkins and Ryder. Now, I know these guys haven't tagged in a while, but I'm going to include them together because this list is kind of long. Look, man, Hawkins and Ryder are both really good dudes, and I think they have a successful podcast. I believe they, they, they created a niche in wrestling action figures, which is a really cool niche market. I, I, at least I don't know anyone else who's doing that, you know, so they, they've created something for themselves, you know, so they have avenues to fall back on beyond in-ring work. And, I, and, and one of them, I don't know which one, I don't know if it's Hawkins or Ryder, but one of them, <laughs> they also have a wrestling school called, I, I want to say it's called WrestlePro or Create a Pro or something along those lines. And I'm told that's relatively successful as well. So, hey, man, no need to wish them well in their future endeavors because they're good. They're good, bruh. They're going to be just fine. Drake Maverick. This is one of the guys I believe is actually going to return to WWE at some point, man. I mean, to me, it seems kind of obvious. I mean, you know, he uh, he released this really emotional video on YouTube where he was like, he was in tears talking about WWE was his dream job. And it was, you know, it was real sad and gushy, man, you know. But the weird thing is, even though he's been released, apparently he's still being, he's still competing through the NXT Cruiserweight Tournament. Um, so look, WWE has to see this, you know, I'm sure they've seen his video, somebody's had to seen it in the WWE office, they see his passion, his strong desire to be there, to work for them, and you know, they're still booking the kid, I just don't think he's gonna be gone for long, I really don't, I mean, his, his, his little video thing is being turned into a storyline, last I heard, it was shown on NXT, a clip of his little video, so, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong, but in any event, have y'all seen this man's wife? Just look at his wife, and you ain't gonna feel bad for him anymore, <laughs> okay? <laughs> She's made a few appearances on Raw during his 24-7 Gabbage title run. You can find it on YouTube, I'm sure. And it, his wife is something else. I forgot her name, but <laughs> she's something else. I don't feel sorry for Drake Maverick. The, he's gonna be alright. Okay, <laughs> Eric Young, I think Eric Young has achieved as much as he's going to in the wrestling business, man, if I'm being honest. You know, the most memorable thing about Eric Young to me was his run in TNA. I remember his little feud with Robert Roode. He was getting bullied by Roode every week, which is kind of funny. I actually enjoyed that, if I'm being honest. Roode was an awesome heel in TNA. That's another dude that's just way underutilized. It's sickening, but... Yeah, I mean, as for Eric Young, he's one of the few guys on this list that I just don't think has much gas left in the tank, man, to take it to the next level. That's not to say that he deserved to lose his job or anything, you know? I, I, I wouldn't wish my worst enemies to lose their jobs if I had one, if I had any, but, you know, in these times. But I most certainly wish Eric Young well in his future endeavors, nonetheless. Heath Slater. This was actually kind of surprising to me. You know, he Heath Slater was part of the 3MB, 3-man band with Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre. Hard to believe it. <laughs> you see Drew McIntyre in 3MB and look at him now as champ. It's hard to believe. 
Then again, it was hard to believe Jinder was champ as well. But nonetheless, that's another story for another time. I was certain they were going to do something, man, with Heath Slater and Drew McIntyre. I mean, Jinder was a former champ. And Heath had way more talent and charisma than Jinder. You know, let's be real here. The most memorable thing that I remember about Heath Slater was him being ragdolled by Flo Rida at one of the WrestleManias. I don't even remember which one it was. One of the ones that emanated from Florida, obviously. But I couldn't tell you which one it was. <laughs> but hey, man. Heath Slater. If there's anyone on this list who can absolutely rebuild himself a la Robocop and start a brand new career, a brand new lease on life and become a big star on the indies, it's Heath Slater. Now the rest of the talents, I'm just going to say briefly because it's getting too long here, man. Primo and Epico. This was actually a long time overdue, man. Come on. I mean, like I said, like I said, I, I don't wish anybody to lose their jobs during times like these. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemies if I had enemies. I don't have any enemies, but if I did, I wouldn't even wish it on them. But come on. I, I literally forgot that Primo and Epic were even employed. I literally forgot. I thought I had got released years ago. I had like a um what's that thing called, man, where you remember you think you remember something that happened a certain way, but it didn't happen like that at all. What's that thing called? A Mandela effect? <laughs> I thought I had a Mandela effect. Like, wait a minute. I could have sworn Primo and Epico were released years ago. The hell? What kind of Mandela effect is that? We got a wrestling Mandela effect now. Nah, but uh, th this was long overdue, man. You know, this was long overdue. Um, I, I wish Primo and Epico well. I think they're okay, though. They've been employed for so long, getting paid to do nothing. So they, they ought to have some money left over. I, I can't imagine these guys blew all their... their Paychecks, you know what I mean, in Puerto Rico, drinking that Puerto Rican rum, <laughs> Bahama Mamas on the islands. I think they'll be fine. Aiden English is a super talented dude, man. He had been relegated to commentary, which, by the way, I think Aiden English has the perfect voice for a commentary role. So he, he's got a future one way or the other in this business. The man's, he's married to Raquel Guerrero, daughter of Eddie Guerrero, something I barely found out recently. So he's going to be fine, man. You know, he's got he's got a lot going on. And perhaps he can reunite with Simon Gotch and reform the Villains on the indies. I think that would be a nice ticket seller, you know, <laughs> for some indie circuit somewhere. Um, veteran referee Mike Kyoto. Now, like I said at the top of the pod, man, in the little opening monologue, we as wrestling fans, we don't put a lot of stock into refs and announcers and and non-wrestling crew of that that sort but as far as referee goes as far as refs go he's one of the very best Mike Kyoto he's one of the very best I don't think he will have any trouble whatsoever finding work and resuming his career as a world-renowned officiator Mike and Maria Canellis this one is kind of sadder than the others just because they do in fact have a baby on the way I, I feel like Maria has been pregnant for a very long time now <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just me. I feel like Maria Canales has been pregnant for like five years now, yo. When's that baby popping out? Um, nonetheless, they got a baby on the way, so it, it is kind of sad. Um, it, you know, by the way, WWE tried to make a storyline out of that as well, with with the narrative being, who's the real father of Maria's baby? Cause it ain't bitch boy Mike. <laughs> so you know, 
they might have lost their jobs, but perhaps they can redeem themselves, find their dignity after this. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Shit. I mean, maybe, I don't know much about Mike. I, I believe he had a career in TNA as well. I, I could be wrong about that. Don't quote me. Maria, she's good looking and charismatic, I guess. Godspeed. I don't know what else to say. No way, Jose and Alexander Jackson. Now, I, I don't even know who Alexander is, but as for No Way Jose, I'm afraid to see Hermano. I'm afraid to see Hermano go, but it was inevitable. Once again, this is a guy who just did the job for everyone. It was a complete carbon copy of the Adam Rose gimmick from years ago, but with a Latino flair to it. Nothing new. I wish him the best of luck. Chris Hero. I believe he actually teased retirement on Twitter last week, posting a black and white photo of his boots in the ring, or could have just been symbolic for his WWE departure. But nonetheless, this is another one of those guys who had been brought in, let go, then brought back again. What makes this any different? I, I believe he'll be one of the furloughs who will return to WWE as a trainer at the Performance Center again in the not-too-distant future. And if I'm wrong, well... Godspeed, Chris Hero. I hear nothing but good things about this guy as far as his attitude and backstage character goes. And yeah, he's, he's not too shabby in the ring either. So there you have it. Tough times, y'all. When it rains, it pours. But eventually the sunshine comes out bright. It's actually been really, really hot lately, y'all. <laughs> Blasting my AC. It was 94 degrees last, last uh, yesterday. I'm about to say last night. <laughs> now, if it's 94 degrees in the nighttime, good Lord. Say your prayers. The world's coming to an end. <laughs> Revelations. <laughs> this ain't the Middle East. Nah, but uh, when it rains, it pours. But eventually the sunshine does come out bright. And perhaps there is a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. That's all I have for you today, y'all. Don't forget to wash your hands. And don't forget to wash your ass, please, okay? <laughs> Stay safe out there, y'all. I'm out you. It's in this business as champions with a signature word. From San Martino, to Backlund, to Hogan, to Flair, to Bret Hart, to The Rock, to Austin, to Triple H, to The Undertaker, to Shawn Michaels, to John Cena, and many more, I wanted to make their ascension to the throne memorable and remembered by how I announced their win. Well, tonight, I'm going to steal a page from my playbook, if I may. Ladies and gentlemen, I, the Think, Howard Finkel, am a me into WWE's Hall of Fame class of 2009. Thank you very much.